You are listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a show covering the hometown Milwaukee Brewers as we analyze the roster, report on the latest rumors, and discuss their quest to bring the World Series trophy to Milwaukee for the first time. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Go. This is Peter Go, host of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Excited, we're approaching rapidly on the regular season and excited to break down David today's Brewers pitching staff, which is really one of the best in the big leagues, which we uh, can't oftentimes say. So really excited to be previewing the Brewers pitching staff. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Excited that we're only a couple weeks away from the season. Brewers adding Andrew McCutcheon this past week, brought back Brad Boxberger and always a good day to preview the pitching staff. I remember last year talking a little bit about how uh, previewing the offense wasn't that much fun, but the pitching staff's a little more fun. Fangraphs has uh, the Brewers projected to be the second best pitching staff in all of baseball behind the Yankees, who always have their uh, beefed up projections. They're always they're always a little bit high because they have a bunch of veterans who have had success sustained. So it's interesting. The Brewers might actually be the best pitching staff in the league. Of course, we'll see. We'll talk about that a little bit. Do we think that they are the best pitching staff in the league and how far will they be able to carry that into October, uh, perhaps even uh, maybe to another divisional crown? Yeah, you mentioned, of course, the, the news this week. Like you said, Brad Boxberger returning on a one-year deal to the Brewers. We will share more, of course, about Boxberger and what the Brewers' expectations can be from him after a surprisingly good year in 2021 from Boxberger. And then, like you said, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, coming to Milwaukee, which is an interesting one. Of course, we all think of him in his days uh, as the MVP of the National League with the Pittsburgh Pirates, certainly did his damage at Miller Park during his time. But I'm excited to bring him in, um, especially with, of course, the DH rule coming into play. Didn't realize how productive of a hitter he still was against lefties. Really does kill lefties. So I'm excited to have a guy like him, both uh, as a guy who can play in the outfield and DH for the Brewers. But if he's not in the lineup, great bat to have off the bench as well uh, for situational um, times late in the game. So I think that is a good addition by the Brewers. I, I'd love to see one more bat brought in. We'll see whether or not that comes to fruition either before the season starts or before the trade deadline, but certainly excited with the announcement of Andrew McCutcheon. So David, what is today's trivia question? Today's trivia question has to do with Tom Brady, who announced his return to the NFL last week. He was actually a draft pick of the Montreal Expos back in 1995 in the, the MLB draft. So today's question is, which longtime Brewer was the club's first round pick back in 1995? Brewer's first round pick in 1995, played for the Brewers for a pretty long period of time, was a, a very productive player. Who was that player who was drafted that same year as Tom Brady in the MLB draft? We're going to go straight into the random player of the day. We've got a guy who just signed with the Braves, a pitcher, and no, it is not Kenley Jansen. It is Tyler Thornburg, who got a major league deal from the Braves. He did not pitch at all in 2021. 2020 pitched seven innings for the Cincinnati Reds, allowing three runs, but then blew out his elbow, had Tommy John surgery. He should be ready for the beginning of the regular season, and it'll be interesting to see if he, he does start in the Braves' bullpen. It, it sounds like that's kind of the plan as far as the, the contract they gave him and what I was hearing around. But it's unfortunate how the injuries have kind of derailed his career, the second half of his career. The Brewers traded him after the 2016 season and got Travis Shaw in return. 
but he ended up pitching just two years in Boston with a six and a half ERA. Missed a lot of time due to thoracic outlet syndrome and some other shoulder issues. Pitched with Cincinnati and now with Atlanta. Hopefully he can get back on track. He's a guy who was really good, had a lot of success in his earlier parts of his career with the Brewers. 287 ERA across 219 innings. And now he's hoping to get his career back on track in Atlanta. Yeah, he really was very, very good for the Brewers there for some time. Certainly the trade worked out well for the Brewers, getting Travis Shaw in return, who had some productive time with the Brewers. And certainly we'll be rooting for him in Atlanta. I was shocked to hear the news that he got a major league deal. Um, but happy for him, and hopefully we'll see some success uh, with with him. Who knows, maybe by the end of the year he could be setting up for Kenley Jansen, which sounds ridiculous, but I, I guess crazier things have been done. Think about Brad Boxberger. Um, who came onto the Brewers last year as an invite to spring training. I don't, don't believe he had a major league deal last year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And Tyler Thornburg also will be reunited with his uh, former Brewers bullpen mate, Will Smith, out in that Braves yes. bullpen. Very good Braves bullpen. They've got uh, A.J. Minter, who had a lot of success as well in the back, in a, back end of that Braves bullpen, along with Jansen and, and Smith. And, of course, Thornburg going along more of probably a middle reliever at this point. Uh, but we're going to get into the pitching staff. We said today we're going to preview the pitching staff. So that is what we're going to do. That's going to uh, be the main thing that we talk about for the episode. So we're going we're gonna to kind of split it up into two, the rotation and the bullpen. Of course, two main parts of the staff. We, we love to talk about the rotation. So we'll be focusing in on a couple guys there. And then the bullpen, uh, we'll talk about as well with Hader and Williams in the back. But who are some of the more interesting guys that are outside of maybe the top two bullpen arms that the Brewers have. Going to go ahead and start with who actually will be in the rotation. So why don't you tell us, Peter, what is the kind of the projected rotation for the Brewers? We don't know exactly for sure who will be in there, what the order will be. We can kind of guess, especially with Council kind of alluding that they might be going with a six-man rotation, at least at times during the year. Yeah, Absolutely. Of course, we've got none other than the 2021 National League Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns, who will be at the top of the rotation, getting the ball on opening day, um, and rightfully so. Brandon Woodruff coming off, obviously, a great year as well. He'll be in the number two slot. That's no question a lock that Burns and Woodruff are number one and two. And then I think it's likely to expect Freddie Peralta, who had a big breakout year last year as well in the number three spot, followed by likely Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, and then that sixth starting pitching role likely falling on the shoulders of the versatile left-hander that we talked about uh, last episode, Aaron Ashby. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can bring this year as well. And I do think that the Brewers could benefit from a six-man rotation at times throughout the year. Of course, it does depend on the performance of that six starter, whether that's Ashby or someone else. But just to give guys additional rest um, and just mix up pitchers, give Ashby and some of the other younger players, not sure if that's Ethan Small um, or... Dylan File or some other younger arms who haven't had a chance to get substantial starts in the big leagues or any starts at all, um, get them a little bit of taste of that to continue to develop their arms. Yeah, certainly. And it's, it's a strategy that worked for them last year. You look at the guys that they, that they ran out there every day, Woodruff leading the team with 30 starts. And he, he, he took the ball every day that he was given the baseball every five, six days. And 30 starts is a little bit fewer than you would typically see out of someone who spends the whole year in the rotation uh, and, and is quite good uh, at that. 
And Corbin Burns taking 28 starts. So kind of numbers that are a little bit below what you'd see. I know Burns did mention in an interview this offseason about how he hopes to be the guy that takes the ball about 33, 34 times during the year every five days. Two throws, 225, 230 innings a year. So, I mean, he's he's definitely a pitcher that could do it. He's somebody that you want to be giving that amount of innings to. I hope the Brewers are willing to stretch out their starters a little bit more, let them pitch a little bit deeper into games. I know they talked a lot about the buildup last year from the odd 2020 season where Woodruff led the team with, I think it was 73 innings pitched. But we're coming off a more normal year now. And the, this year, even though the lockout has changed it a little bit, it, it still is a relatively normal season. So hopefully the Brewers are uh, maybe a little bit more liberal in their use of some of their better arms in the rotation. You also have to remember, too, it's, it's still a young pitching staff overall as a whole, but it's one year more mature than the 2021 season because I think that's also important to remember. You think about going into last year, Brandon Woodruff, who was actually in that top spot, of course, um, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, all three of those guys still I would consider young starters. I, I know Woodruff was a little bit more established, but still all three of those pitchers still young. And now that we saw the seasons that they had last year, I would expect that to give them a longer leash as well. They've you know garnered rightfully so a little bit more respect. I can see, you know, both, both from a strategy perspective, more reason to leave guys uh, into games a little bit longer, continue to develop that. But also I could see a situation where Craig Council comes out ready to pull Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, and they may be more likely to be able to talk counsel out of it than maybe they were in 2021 or 2020 after the, both the results they've put up and just continue to mature as pitchers. So I, I'm in agreement that I hope they do. And I, I'm pretty confident that they will let, especially those top three guys, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, pitch a little bit more uh, later into games, which of course helps give the bullpen a little bit less pressure um, in a long season that we've sometimes seen uh, that bullpen kind of fade uh, late in the season, and may, that may or may not be because of the extended use um, out of them as the season progresses. So, again, the Brewer six starters likely to be Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Hauser, Lauer, and Ashby. Any of those guys, David, stick out to you specifically as we go into 2022? Of course, we can always talk more about Corbin Burns, the guy that is at the top of the rotation, possibly the best pitcher in baseball. But one guy that I think goes under the radar is Brandon Woodruff. He's somebody that is, I would consider to be a top 10 pitcher in all of baseball. Even some of the national writers that I've seen ranking players have, have put Woodruff atop the list in that top 10, even as high as number three for, uh, for some fantasy purposes I saw. He's somebody that, that throws about 60% fastballs. He's going to come at you good old country hardball uh, is what, what some old school announcers will call it. Average fastball, 96 miles an hour, and then throws a curveball off of that, a changeup. And then we'll mix in the occasional slider as well. He had very good strikeout numbers. Uh, strikeout rate was in the 86th percentile of all pitchers. Walk rate was very good as well, 81st percentile of all pitchers in the major leagues. But along with the good strikeout and walk numbers, he also limits the hard contact. His average exit velocity was just 86% which was in the top 8% of the league. He's somebody that, that kind of is a good all-around pitcher. He's somebody that you can rely on atop the rotation. That bulldog, the ace that you need when you got a big game, throw Woodruff out there. He's going to give you quality innings. He can pitch deep into games. 
Uh, he's got good strikeout numbers, good walk numbers, and limits hard contact, which are really the three main areas of pitching that, uh, that, that it takes to be a very good pitcher, a very successful pitcher at the major league level. Brandon Woodruff kind of checks all the boxes and is someone that I really enjoy watching. Absolutely. He's, he's a little bit more of that old school, like you said, country hard ball uh, type of arm, a little bit different than, than Burns. Of course, Burns has the velo as well, but he is a, a bulldog pitcher, um, kind of your old school ace, uh, you could say as well. So certainly some of the Brewers will depend on big time this year, and, and you never know what injuries might occur. Yeah, the only thing you do know is that there will be some injuries. Um, you're never going to get, you know, 30-plus starts out of five guys. So we know injuries are going to occur. Of course, we hope that everybody's able to stay healthy. But if we see Burns even miss a start here or there, um, Woodruff is obviously the next man up. Um, and when hopefully when the Brewers do make the playoffs, um, you know, going into a longer extended playoff series, depending how the Brewers were, were to run it, you got to be very comfortable as a Brewers fan, whether we've got Corbin Burns on the mound in a game of seven or Brandon Woodruff. Um, so both, like you said, both top 10 pitchers, I think, in Major League Baseball, which is a, a rare combination that the Brewers probably never have had before in franchise history and something that they should be excited for um, and hopefully can take advantage of um, next year and years going forward. So uh, an arm that's intriguing to me um, is Eric Lauer. Of course, Lauer coming over from the Padres in that trade with uh, Davies and Grisham had a, a rough 2020, which of course was 11 innings. So 13 ERA, you know, whatever you want to take away from that. Um, but of course, bounce back was exceptional last year to much people's surprise was very, very dependable um, and filled in at kind of that four or five spot with him and Hauser. Um, and also was also the only lefty that the Brewers had um, for the most part as a starter last year. Um, his, uh, his ERA was 3.19 last year. Uh, FIP was around four. And David, I know we were even talking before we got on the podcast today, his home run per nine, walk per nine, strikeout per nine, all right around league average last year. So we, it's likely to, to see some regression. Um, he, I know he had a, a pretty low batting average on balls and plays or BABIP. Um, so may have benefited from both good defense and perhaps some good luck as well. But I think we can't expect Eric Lauer to be a solid three or four in, again, a rotation that's got good depth, good star power in the front um, and can help support um, Burns and Woodruff. So certainly a guy like Lauer, um, in that number four, number five spot, depending how you you lay it out, is an excellent guy to have. And I expect him to be very solid, perhaps maybe can get a few more innings in as well. Like you said, Brewers may be more willing to give him um, a little bit of a longer leash as well. So I'd like to see him extend out perhaps, uh, I think he was around 118 innings or so last year. Yeah, right around 118 Um be nice to see him maybe be able to continue to put up solid numbers as like a three or a four, maybe with 130, 140 innings as he tries to build up um, his longevity into games. Yeah, Lauer, somebody that is also not talked about, talks about even less than Woodruff, but he's somebody that was a, a big part of the Brewers' success in 2021. And you're certainly looking for him to be hopefully at least a similar pitcher to the guy he was last year, somebody that I certainly enjoy watching. And if you drop Lauer in almost any other era of Brewers baseball, he's a two-starter, maybe. He's somebody that's getting a lot more attention, uh, even if you think about the earlier the earlier uh, part of the 2010s. He probably would slot in behind Grinky and Gallardo 
And th those were on some, uh, some pretty good teams as well. Yeah. And you could, you could apply that to just about every guy in the Brewers rotation this year. Brandon Woodruff would be the ace of basically every rotation the Brewers have ever had. Freddie Peralta is a one or a two in just about every, in every era. And Hauser fits in with Lauer similarly, where he's probably the number two guy on most rotations that the Brewers have had, maybe a three, but that's what makes the Brewers starting pitching so good is that they've got two aces, Peralta, maybe a, a, a very good two, and then Hauser and Lauer, who are pretty solid three, maybe fours, and then additional depth beyond that, of course, with Aaron Ashby and, and some other players that we haven't mentioned yet. But again, we can praise the starting rotation all we want, but it doesn't just stop at the starting rotation. Of course, bullpen, Josh Hader, Brewers, longtime closer. Um, we know what we're going to get from Josh Hader, and that's pretty much dominance and a top two or three closer in 2022. I think that's we can be pretty confident about that. Of course, Devin Williams coming off a disappointing end to the 2021 season in that Braves series, unable to play, of course. And he'll be back and hopefully continue to build on his success that he's had over the last two years. I know there's been talks of him adding another pitch. So we'll see if he's been able to continue to get better. I, I, as a bullpen reliever, it's always tough to stay relevant and one bad year um, can quickly change the course of your career. So hoping for big things from Devin Williams. And then, of course, like we mentioned, Brad Boxberger back with the Brewers for 2022 after a, a very big surprise year from him last year. Turned out to be the Brewers' most dependable reliever outside of Hader and Williams um, and really helped bridge the gap between the Brewers' starting pitchers and Williams and Hader. Um, so, of course, Boxberger back. Good for the Brewers' depth in the bullpen. Um, and then a couple of other more minor arms. I'll let you share a little bit about those guys. Yeah, one guy that I wanted to focus on, we saw him last year for a good chunk of time. That's Jake Cousins. He's somebody that came out of nowhere. He pitched independent ball in 2020, pitched a little bit in the Brewers organization prior to that, and then had a very good year, first half, I should say, really at, at AA and AAA, Biloxi and Nashville, and then got the call in June. And after that, he was lights out. He had a 2.7 ERA across 30 innings. Fastball average 96 miles an hour with a, with that sinker, nasty sinker, and a very, very good slider that he throws more than half of the time. With Cousins, he's somebody that, that walks a lot of guys, but he's able to make up for that with a high strikeout rate and really doesn't allow that much hard contact either. He, he doesn't throw anything straight, and that's kind of what, what has allowed him to be successful at the major league level when you combine that with the high velocity that he throws the ball at. Uh, he's somebody that is is a bullpen arm that you can rely on. Somebody that I I expect to take a step forward. Uh, we I think I think the results were maybe a little bit better than some of the underlying numbers, especially with that high walk rate. Walked over a batter every other inning, so about five and a half per nine innings. But at the same time, I do expect him to improve. Uh, he's only 26 years old, so he, he he's entering. Uh, kind of the the prime he's figured some things out at the major league level and I do expect to see some improvement out of Jake Cousins yeah he should slot in well too with the of course the young arm and Devin Williams we don't know exactly what Josh Hader's tenure may be with the Brewers but just eyeing up a potential departure um, shortly it's certainly possible that a guy like Jake Cousins could fit in in higher leverage situations, both this year and years going forward. Someone the Brewers should be very excited to have in that bullpen. I, I, I think he is a big asset and um, is underappreciated. So I, I do expect him to at least continue the success that he had last year. I don't think it was a fluke 
um, from Cousins. And so should be a, a pretty integral part of the Brewers bullpen. Um, similarly, Brad Boxberger, I think, will fit in that, that role as well. Of course, mentioned him several times now, but really wanted to highlight some of the success that he had last year. As, like I said, that really that big surprise X factor in the pen. Um, Boxberger appearing in 71 games, led the Brewers in games uh, pitched 3.34 ERA, um, a 3.65 FIP. And when we look at his underlying stats, home runs per nine, walks per nine, strikeouts per nine, um, all pretty solid. The biggest thing that I saw from him in 2021 versus 2020 and some of the other preceding years is three and a half walks per nine from him last year versus a career average of four and a half walks per nine. So essentially able to cut out a walk per nine in 2021. Not sure what that may have been, um, you know, what, what contributed to that, but if he's able to continue to have that success, um, I expect to see him still be a very solid reliever for the Brewers. Also kind of a side note, interesting note on his career starting in 2012 with the Padres, really has only had two years uh, where he was given the opportunity to close games in 2015. He led the league in with 41 saves and was his lone all-star appearance. Um, ironically he hit a 3.71 ERA that year as a closer, um, which was actually, he had several years where he had a sub three ERA um, as a reliever and was, was never honored as an all-star not to get down that uh, rabbit trail, but really only had two years as a, as a closer um, in 2015 and then 2018 wasn't really given a lot of opportunities to do that, but really has carved out a very nice career as a reliever. And I do actually come into the season with pretty good confidence that um, I think he will continue to have similar success that he had last year. Maybe it's a bit out of reach to, to hope for the same year out of him, but I do think he'll be dependable. And when I look at the Brewers bullpen depth this year, going into the year, as opposed to last year, uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with, with the depth that they have Hader Williams, Boxberger cousins, like you just mentioned, we didn't even mention Brent Suter, uh, the left-hander out of the pen, who should be very dependable again, know what we can expect from him. Um, and we didn't even mention some of the other smaller names um, who should add additional depth amongst the other bigger arms in the bullpen. So any other players, uh, maybe perhaps some of the lesser-known Gustaves, Perdomos, Mejias, uh, even younger guys like Dylan File. I know we mentioned Ethan Small. Any of those guys um, that aren't necessarily locks for the bullpen that you could see potentially having an impact this year? I could see J.C. Mejia having an impact on the team in 2022. Uh, he doesn't have a minor league option remaining, so I think it's more likely he starts out in AAA. He's someone that's got interesting stuff, did not work out as a starter by any means for the Indians last year. Uh, but then he did He did have a, a good amount of success in, in 2021 as a reliever in a shorter sample. He's somebody that, when I watch him, he's got good stuff. He is someone that had a more of a wide arsenal, deep arsenal last year as a starter, but a lot of pitches that really didn't grade out as being that great of pitches for him. So perhaps maybe focusing more on, on two or three pitches could end up being the difference uh, in, in being kind of a failed starter and a pretty successful reliever. I'm kind of excited to see what Mejia could do in a Brewers uniform, not somebody that I expect to uh, become a, a late inning option or somebody that that becomes a closer or anything like that, but a solid middle reliever is, is more of what my expectations are for Mejia. Mejia is one of those guys that's uh, a little bit less heralded, but I, I have big expectations for Mejia in at least having a, a decent impact in maybe some of the more middle relief innings. Is there someone that you see kind of in that same role, perhaps having a good amount of success in maybe a more lower profile kind of role with the Brewers in their bullpen? Yeah, certainly not a guy that's going to be pitching in the eighth or ninth inning. 
by any means, but a guy that I could see having some value for the Brewers, and that's Trevor Gotts. Uh, hasn't had a lot of success across his career in the big leagues, but I, we may have mentioned this already, but Gott uh, was signed by the Brewers to a major league deal, again, without a whole lot of success and, and immediately um, with the start of spring training. So just purely by the fact that the Brewers see something in him that they think they may be able to optimize um, and help him be a successful reliever leads me to believe that I, I think he has potential to um, add some depth to the bullpen. Um, also a guy who doesn't have any options. So I would expect him to make the bullpen out of camp and be given his opportunities um, as they come up throughout the season to prove himself. So I, I'll be keeping a, a little bit of an extra eye on Trevor Gott um, as somebody who could make an additional impact into that bullpen. So again, Brewers, great bullpen going into the year. We've been spoiled uh, the last, really, since, since uh, well, I mean, really the Brewers bullpen's been pretty solid. I was going to say over since Hayter started, but even in the last 10 years overall, the Brewers have had a solid bullpen um, dating back even to, to the John Axford days. But um, Brewers, again, going into the season with an excellent bullpen. How do you think the Brewers pitching staff as a whole uh, matches up against both the NL Central and the rest of the major leagues, would you say, David? NL Central, it clearly is far and away the best pitching staff in the division. Pirates, of course, are, are uh, we, we don't really need to, to go any deeper with that. The Reds have a decent staff, but they've subtracted from it in recent days. Amir Garrett, Sonny Gray, let Wade Miley go earlier in the offseason. The Cubs, even after adding Stroman, are not quite there. Uh, the Cardinals have a, a, I think they're a little bit lacking in depth. But uh, especially with Jack Flaherty now having a shoulder issue, probably won't be ready for opening day. Creates a big question mark. The Brewers are kind of the only, only team without question marks in the, both the rotation and the bullpen. As far as the NL Central goes, I, I'd expect the Brewers to have far and away the best staff. And of course, I think the Brewers are clearly the best team in the division. You compare them to the other teams around baseball, even just a quick look at the projections that Fangraphs has. They have the, the Brewers projected to have the second best staff in baseball in terms of war accumulated by pitchers. And that is the, the second best rotation and the third best bullpen. So even the bullpen doesn't really get talked about for the Brewers, but having Hayter and then Devin Williams with a, a kind of a, a, a solid core of middle relievers that can bridge the gap from some of the starters to the back end of the bullpen creates really a, a, a very tough matchup for any team as far as the pitching staff goes in that bullpen. And even the team that's ahead of, of the Brewers in terms of the rotation, the Yankees, they, they basically have Garrett Cole. And then uh, I was kind of mentioning the perennially overrated Yankees. They've got a lot of random starters that are just okay, like Jamison Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Luis Severino coming off of a big injury. So I would I would take actually the Brewers pitching staff over anyone's. I would I would take the Brewers staff over any other pitching staff around the league. I think the Brewers do have the best pitching staff. Sure, there is maybe a little bit of bias there, but I think I think that put them in a, in a postseason series and out of any pitching staff, I would want to face the Brewers the least. I think that's a good way to sum it up, uh, really. Uh, whether you, you know, whether you want to argue around depth or not having as much depth when it comes down to it in the World Series or in a playoff series, uh, you look at what team you want to face. Like you said, I, I don't think any team um, would want to face any other team really in, in the rest of baseball besides the Brewers, just top to bottom. Um, you know, there's teams out there with excellent starting pitching and the Brewers aren't the only team that have that, but of the teams that have, you know, the excellent elite starting pitching rotations, I think the Brewers also have one of the best bullpens 
in baseball. So when you combine those two, I mean, it's, you could, you look at a four game um, stretch in a playoff series, you could face Corbin Burns for six or seven innings and then have to face Devin Williams and Josh Hader, Brandon Woodruff the next day. You could see perhaps one or the one or the other of Williams or Hader or Boxberger, even a guy like Cousins is a solid arm back there. Game three, you could have Freddie Peralta, you know, go five or six. Maybe the Brewers got to dip into one other guy besides, of course, Williams and Hader. Um, but I mean, really, when you're talking about a playoff series, you, you're going to be facing probably three or four excellent starters that the Brewers can bring up. Um, and then, of course, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, and the other good arms the Brewers have at the back of their bullpen. So it it puts them into contention in every playoff series. And we've seen that in the Craig Council era, that the Brewers are never out of a series. Uh, they're, they're Even when we almost stole that NLCS from the Dodgers, who were on paper a significantly better team, no question about that. They had much better talent than the Brewers did. And the Brewers almost stole that series in seven. And I think simply based upon the fact that, um, one, Craig Council is an excellent manager, managed the pitching staff really well, but two, um, the Brewers' bullpen. So um, I think the Brewers will continue to have success um, on the mound this year and should be a very exciting year for Brewers fans um, this year. So as we wrap up today, David, remind us here, what is today's trivia question? Today's trivia question is, which longtime Brewer was the club's first round pick in 1995? Um, we'll see, Peter, do you think you have this one? in the bag or are you a little bit maybe struggling to come up with who who might have been an actually good Brewers first round pick since there aren't too many of them I know I know well and and you said longtime Brewer picked in 95 so I'm trying to think of the uh late late 90s early 2000s longtime Brewers and pretty much came to mind Richie Sexton Ben Sheets and Jeff Jenkins I'm not sure that there, you could name any other players as longtime Brewer from that sort of 97 to 07 um era which is uh, rightfully so a forgotten era of Brewers baseball I'm going to go with Jeff Jenkins for today's trivia question answer. That is correct. He was the Brewers' first round pick in 1995 out of the University of Southern California and ended up becoming one of the best first round picks in franchise history, probably just behind Yount and Molitor and Braun, and then probably right up there with Sheets. Uh, the Brewers haven't had a, a whole lot of success with their first rounders, but Jenkins definitely one of the guys. That was a, a very good pick and somebody that ended up being very good, just unfortunately kind of in, in a, a bad era of Brewers baseball. Yeah, it would have been fun to have a guy like Jenkins in that Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, um, era, or even now uh, where the Brewers were more competitive, would have had probably a loss, a longer lasting impact or legacy uh, with Brewers fans as well. But certainly great player, great goatee. Uh, Jenkins jungle over there in, in, in right field um, will certainly be remembered um, as a very, very solid brewer. Um, again, Jeff Jenkins, our answer to today's trivia question. So again, breaking down the pitching staff today, next episode should be um, an interesting one. I'm excited to hear David's take on Keston hero. We've seen uh, of course that breakout rookie year from him and then 2020 and 2021 um, certainly subpar to say the least. So what do we, what can we expect from Keston here? Is there anything we can um, see as far as the underlying numbers um, on why uh, he's been struggling the last couple of years? I, I think he really is or can be a big X factor in the Brewers offense, which has been improved this offseason. Of course, Hunter Renfro coming on most recently, Andrew McCutcheon. So I think the offense has improved, but is it going to be good enough to be a true World Series contender? I, I'm not sure, but I think Keston Hira uh, coming back and having a decent year next year would go a really long way especially when we look at the DH spot and additional depth over at first base. So uh, we'll, we'll highlight Kesson here uh, um, amongst 
the other Brewers position players, Christian Yelich, another guy uh, with some question marks around what we can expect from him. So certainly we'll break down all of that and more next episode uh, for all you sports fans. Enjoy March Madness. We'll be back next week to break down the Brewers uh, position players. For Peter and David Go, signing off, Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on whichever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting us through the link down below. See you next time.